I'm Dana Lloyd. Welcome to Soul Sister Conversations, the podcast, where you will be inspired and empowered to connect more deeply with your authentic self as we explore topics of personal development, leadership, and spirituality. Your journey to your most authentic self starts right now. My guest today is Michael Sheridan, who is a dream analyst. He says you can use the power of your dreams to discover your life purpose and spiritual gifts, improve your relationships, and restore health. He shares how we can interpret our dreams and unlock what they are trying to tell us. Welcome, Michael Sheridan, to Soul Sister Conversations. (laughs) Thanks for having me. You are Ireland's number one dream analyst. You've been regularly featured on the Ireland AM TV show. You've appeared on BBC and countless other premier media outlets. And you also uh, host So You Think You're Awake. Great title, by the way, on KKNW in Seattle. And you said using the power of using the power of dreams, you put people in touch with the life they are meant to be living. So I am um, delighted to have this conversation about dreams because I think it's very interesting. And I'm curious, how did you get interested in dream work? So it was kind of like the end of a long journey. I I had a spiritual awakening and I, I, I became like most people who, who have that experience. I went on a quest and I read every book I could. I did every course I could afford to do. And they were all like, everything gave me something, but nothing put the last gear into place. And it wasn't until I got to dream interpretation and that made sense of everything for me. And, and the real uh, slap in the face was, the answers to all my big questions were given to me in my dreams every night and I didn't know it. And I was, I was looking outside myself for all the answers for so long. And I was like, okay, if I can understand my dreams, then I, you know, I've got my link to source because that's really what dreams are. They're, they're your unbreakable link with source. And, uh, the way it happened for me was I, I, on the first class I did, uh, in this particular group, uh, one of my dreams was interpreted anonymously, and it described me to a T, warts and all. You know, dreams tell you what you need to work on. And it was so accurate, including the fact that I was born by cesarean section. And I was like, this is just, it just blew me away. And and uh, I've been an, so into dreams ever since. And wow. it's it's funny because that's 30 years ago. And I'm more passionate about dreams today than I, I ever have been. So uh, it's great to have found something that I've stayed passionate about for so long. Yes, because what what was your life like before the spiritual awakening? Were you in a different line of work, or yes, I was a software engineer. I led a team of nineteen people um, developing uh, programs on um, mini computers and uh, app servers, and so it was quite sophisticated, quite technical, very scientifically oriented, um, and so I like things to be you know understood and repeatable, and uh, so. If something isn't groundable, I don't, you know, if you can't ground it and explain it to me in a way I understand, then I don't like it. And and I really liked with dreams that, that you can pull them down and you can say, okay, this means this for this reason. Um, mm. And uh, and also if, if you're explaining a dream to somebody and it's their dream, it resonates with them only when you get the interpretation right, but it resonates with them because it comes from them. Uh, mm. So it's easy to get that resonance and you know it's correct. Okay. Can you share what your spiritual awakening was? Huh, well, uh, <laughs> so I i was an atheist. I i, I grew up in a very Catholic country. Um, and up when I was around 17 is when I, I turned away from uh, the church and religion. And I, I went to a Christian brother's school, you know, where 
in in Ireland, it's it's so typical. They they try to beat the love of Jesus Christ into you, um, because corporal punishment was allowed, and and so you know it's probably a bit unfair. It it happened. It's the way it was for a lot of people, but mostly the the, the teachers I had were pretty good. Um, and at one point, I was even thinking of becoming a priest, but then I turned completely away from it. And for about ten years, I was an atheist. And like I said, I was a software engineer working um, on very large scale projects for big companies and um, like Europe's biggest software company. And and I um, I was doing I, I did a thing called the silver mind control method um, uh, that was very different uh, than what it is today. It's now called the silver method, but it's it's so different. It's uh, I, I like the old system, um, and it teaches you how to use your mind, the power of your mind, to achieve things. So very practical, very down to earth. Like if, if you want to work on a very big project, you can uh, use meditation to relax you, to focus on the goal and to figure out solutions that like are very insightful to things. So I was doing that for a number of years, maybe an hour and a half a day. And I was also doing uh, grounding exercises because I did karate at the time and I uh, still do karate, but I, I didn't know that those two things are are what will wake you up. And so I suddenly started seeing spirits. I didn't like that because it didn't fit in with my worldview. It was a shock to me that spirits didn't need me to believe in them for them to exist. And uh, and so that started me on the journey of, okay, I, I obviously have the whole idea wrong that there is no spirit world because I'm looking at it. I can see it and I can see them around other people. And um, I went then on a journey like I went for readings. I, I asked anybody who would talk to me, like, what of my experience, how, experiencing, how do I stop this? And it took some time for me to, to find people who could answer the questions. Mm. I began to be able to control being able to see them and, and, and so on. Um, and uh, it wasn't always pleasant, like seeing them wasn't always pleasant. Uh, but it started me on that journey. And, and if it didn't, you know, it would have taken something like that to wake me up because uh I wouldn't listen to anybody. I would have mocked anybody who was uh, talking about anything spiritual, like that mm. they're, they're all fraudsters and charlatans as far as I was concerned. And so it was really funny when I had these experiences, I had to go to the fraudsters and charlatans to ask for help. <laughs> and, uh, so, Oh my gosh. It all, it all, because really this is a departure from what you were doing with the software engineering. So I'm always amazed when I see people who are more science-based or very, what you can see, you, you believe, and, and you've had an experience that shifted you completely. So obviously I, I'm assuming that you saw the power of dreams and dream work on your road uh, um, to discovery and decided this is something I want to do to help people. Yes. Um, mm -hmm. I, I didn't straight out say I want to use dreams to help people. I really was keen on sharing the knowledge of everything I had learned. So if I if I learned how to do spiritual healing or bioenergy bio healing or channeling or anything, I wanted to talk about it. So I've always had that problem. So it was kind of funny. Like I became the person that I, I would have shunned. And uh, But but the, I suppose the positive side of that is I have tremendous tolerance for people who think it's, it's all BS because uh, that's where I was for so long. Sure. Mm. And and so I can come at it from an angle, from lots of different angles, and explain things using the terminology that people use, uh, rather than a fixed terminology. Um, but uh, so the dreams weren't the. It wasn't that I suddenly wanted to teach dreams, but when I hit the dreams, I knew I'd hit the jackpot. I really felt like this is the oracle because 
this can answer any question I ever have. Even the questions I don't know I need to ask, dreams are giving me the answer to those questions. And it was the instructor on the course, when I submitted one of my dreams, he said, you're meant to be teaching people through dream interpretation. And I I thought he was full of it. I thought, oh, he he just says that to people to uh, encourage them to keep coming to his classes. Um, you know, so but we became more charlatan. <laughs> it's my skeptical nature, you know. But uh, not charlatan. No, this guy was the, he was right on the money. He hit the nail on the head every time, and and uh, we became good friends. And we partnered up for a long time, and we would do exhibitions together. and And he's the one that really pushed me into teaching other uh, to teaching classes about dream interpretation. And uh, so I've been doing it for about thirty years, uh, just wow. under thirty years. Wow. So tell us then, what is a dream? Really, what are we doing when we go to bed and we dream? So a dream is a message from your higher self. It's a dialogue, really, between your higher self and your soul. Um, we all, we have things a bit backwards. Even though, even us in the spiritual community who are very aware, um, if you say to somebody, do you agree you have a soul? Most people will say yes, and, and the answer is you don't. You are a soul and you have a body. And if you look at it, the world from that perspective, that you're a soul first, then you realize that dreams coming from your higher self to your soul is not really aimed at you and your conscious mind. So that's why it doesn't always make sense. And they're using a language that, like they're using our first language. We all dream. We dream from uh, before we ever understand the language we use to speak. Uh, we dream while in the womb. So we're dreaming for the several years before we learn our, 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 like English in our case. And people always say, well, if they're so important, why don't they come in English? But they come in a much more important language. Dreams are cover so much. Like, the symbol of something can cover so many layers. And so it's up to us to realize that the message is aimed at our soul and we can eavesdrop on the message and then see how how closely aligned we are with what our higher self wants us to do. So it's like our higher self is the, is the part of us that has everything to gain and everything to lose by what we do in our lives. It's the part of us that decided that you're going to come in, into this lifetime as the person you are to do the certain things that you're going to do. And... Uh, and dreams are the ability for your higher self to phone in course corrections, to say, look, here's what you're doing right, here's what you're doing wrong. And now we want you to do X, Y, and Z. So so why do we dream? Is that what it is so that we can stay connected to our higher self? We're That's always, the whole purpose? No, we're always connected, but we can be, we can move out of alignment. Just like, you know, think of it. Like a kid, you you know what a kid should be doing or you hope you know what your child should be doing and you say, here's what you need to do. And they go off and they do uh, political science in college and you're like, you're never going to get a job with that. Um, so we could step out of alignment uh, with, you know, we've agreed before coming here that like in my case, you're going to learn how to interpret dreams. You're going to help other people transform their lives through doing that work. But I could decide when I'm here, I'm not going to do it. I don't like it and I don't like it because I'll be shunned. People will think it's it's crazy and I'm crazy or whatever it is. Um, and, you know, that's because we live in the West. Um, like years ago, what I do now, I've been told I can't teach classes in hotels because they disagree with uh, what I do, like telling people that dreams can be interpreted. You know, so nowadays it's much more open like that would be a lot less likely to happen but it's not impossible for it to happen it just depends on where you live so we are really in an amazing age in terms of how much information is out there for us to find out so when i when i ran when i did exhibitions in the beginning people would go around and they'd be picking up all the leaflets they'd be talking to everybody at every stand saying what are you doing what do you do how does it help um etc etc 
Now people go to those exhibitions and they already know the answers. They know what the things are and they usually are going for a specific reason. So the information is definitely disseminated because of the web, which is fantastic. Mm, yeah. I, I know I have written down, you know, in terms of our dreams, you know, is it a physiological re response? You know, like it's amazing that it's, it's something that's built in or that we do as humans. Um, but I'm I guess I'm trying to think, you know, is it something that we're gifted with from God or, you know, every person that comes into this life dreams, I assume. Absolutely. Everybody. The, <clears throat> the only people who don't dream are people who are in a coma. And um, oh, really? there is another brain damage uh, situation that can cause you to not dream. But that that's not something you'll have without realizing it. We dream on a very regular cycle. There's kind of like a 90-minute cycle at nighttime. And we dream once, or we dream uh, periodically within that 90 minutes. And the people who have a, the problem, they wake up at the point where they would dream. Um, and it's very disturbing, of course, for them. But yeah, everybody dreams. Um, you know, there's been enough studies done on that. I would say everything is a gift from God, you know, in a non-religious way. Um, yes. You know, so it's, uh, and dreams are your message, are your link, say, back to God. Um, and they have your best interest at heart. So we come here uh, to grow spiritually, to grow in awareness of who we are, to restore our knowledge of who we are and connection. And, and that's the whole point of being here. And so mm -hmm. our dreams push us on that path. They say, look, this is what you came here to do. This is why you were to do it. And so a lot of people will look at things and they will say, you know, I've been told I'm a healer, but I'm very shy. And I'm shy because of things that went on in my childhood and various things that, that block me. And, you know, so I would do it only for that. But dreams show that, you know, the things that we think are blocking us, the obstacles in our path, they're actually our path. We're meant to work through those things, through the things that hold us back, through the things that we think are the limitation imposed on us. And by working through those, we grow. Um, and, and it's all about that growth. That's the mm -hmm. only thing that you take with you when you die is the growth that you, or growth or not, growth or not. Right, growth or not. You, you don't get to take your 10 houses or the enormous wealth. And, and we definitely don't look at the earth plane from the spirit world and say, I really want to go down there and get a job in Boeing and retire at 65 and be able to not work from that point on. That is not what our life is about. Our life is always about the growth, but we get caught up in the treadmill of, of, of what society believes uh, more right. so than the treadmill, I think. And yeah. and we think this is what I need to do. And, you know, I will, I'll work on my spiritual stuff. Um, you know, in the, in the slivers of time I can find between all the other things I'm doing for somebody else um, in my conventional job or when I retire, I will, I will. And that's not what it's about. It's, it's all about us growing. It, it's about us taking risks and it's about us learning about ourselves. And even if you fall flat in your face, um, what have you learned from the experience uh, and how are you a stronger person from it? Because you don't learn about yourself if you don't do anything. Mm, I love that. Yeah. What is the difference between a nightmare and a dream? Is there? Yeah, uh, not much. Um, in terms of interpretation, you're going to remember a nightmare. And mm -hmm. so it's like, if you look at dreams, um, they're like a letter from your higher self. Well, it's more a dialogue, like I said, because you, you see your soul's response and you see your subconscious response in it. So your higher self is saying, I want you to do this. And you're saying, no, remember when I tried to be open before and I got rejected and, and that's really painful. I'm not going to do that. So we mm -hmm. can see all of that. Um, and so this message comes, but when it's a nightmare, you're going to have no problem remembering that. Um, and so that's really the only difference. They're much easier to remember, but the interpretation 
of a nightmare isn't necessarily about anything bad and the interpretation of an idyllic dream isn't necessarily anything good that you like would want to hear so uh, there there is there isn't anything like that it's just one is easier to remember one definitely brings up a fear and so mm. the fear is going to be part of the analysis but it, it's it's like it could be something as silly as uh, being afraid to be rich or being afraid to have a position of power because you've seen people abuse their power and you're like well I don't want to be one of those people and the dream is saying no look you are a spiritual leader you are you should take this mantle and you know so it's not a negative dream but that fear mm. shows up in the dream and makes mm. it a kind of a nightmare so do we dream every single night, even if we don't remember it? Absolutely. And we dream several times in the night. And we tend to only remember the dreams that we have just before we wake up um, because our, our sleep is not as deep. Um, mm. So, you know, when we dream, our brain cycles per second go up to just below consciousness. And so we're nearly at the conscious state when we're having a dream. Um, but right after the dream, we drop back down into a deep uh, state again. And so... For people who say they have difficulty remembering them and they want to remember them, I, I, one of the easy techniques is set an alarm for an hour before you need to wake up so that you know, you've already got it, the best part of your night's sleep out of the way. You're not as tired and you're not going to sleep as deeply for the remaining hour and any dreams you have in that period, you will typically remember. But okay. you will remember them if you start trying to recall them, like be dogmatic right. about it and, mm -hmm. and give yourself the time. And eventually your brain says, okay, these are important. I better remember them. I've heard before that we what we don't solve during the day we work out at night. Is that true, or there's not really linked to that? I know there that's there are elements of that. So your dreams will always comment on uh, what's been going on during the day, um, and they will give advice and guidance. But it may not be the advice and guidance that you you want. Like so, if you have an argument with your partner that is unresolved, you're more than likely going to dream about relationship problems that night. Um, mm -hmm. uh, but the dream will say, look, the reason this thing pushes your buttons is because of this event that went on in your childhood. It almost always brings you back to something that happened before you had a logical mind. So when we come into the earth plane, we don't have a logical mind. Our brain hasn't fully developed even. And so whatever we witness and take on, it's like being in a very deep meditative state and it just gets laid down in our subconscious mind and becomes part of our belief system, our paradigm view of the world. And our dreams say, look, the reason that this triggers you is because you have this paradigm view. And this is what you need to work on if you want to improve your relationship. And everybody will is like, well, no, I just want help picking the right person. And the dreams mm -hmm. will say, it's not about you picking the right person because the person you pick is always the right person. They show you the problems you have and you came here to grow and therefore you need to know the problems you have. And if the problem is that this really annoys you, <laughs> work <laughs> on why it annoys you. And then you won't pick that person. You won't pick that type of person anymore. Yeah. Do, do we all actually leave our bodies? Do our souls leave our bodies at night? Yes. To dream? Are we Not almost really acting it out? Or no, we're no. in our bodies when we're dreaming. So we frequently leave our bodies when we sleep. And we go to a place called the astral plane, which is huge. It's enormous. And um, we can meet loved ones who have passed on. We can meet our guides. Uh, and we can meet other people who are still in bodies, but they're also on the astral plane. You, you can tell them apart from other dreams because they show up as dialogue within your dream. Um, and so that's going to be about a astral activity. Not everybody has the ability to remember those. But yeah, so we do typically leave our bodies, but we don't have to. But if you're going to have a dream, you're always called back into your body. The, the dreams always happen while you're in your, in your body. So they don't happen somewhere else. Um, it happens in your body.
So we can't have dreams that mean nothing. It's always something. They always mean something. Um, but, you know, they will include what's been going on during the day. So dreams will use, um, you know, it's, it's kind of like the radio signal. Uh, it's just the carrier wave. The information is, is carried on it. And so the symbols and, and the events of our day can show up in our dreams. But it's really the things that stand out that are important. So somebody will say, you know, I dreamt I was playing the piano, but I'm a musician, so I, I'll ignore that. And I will say, well, do you play the piano? And they say, no, I play the violin. I say, well, then we, we don't have to ignore it because it's, it's, it's that difference that's important. And so that dream would mean that you're a channel. You have the ability to communicate with the spirit world because that's what music means in a dream. Mm. And why are some dreams so disjointed? Like when I'm dreaming, it seems like it makes perfect sense. I'm like, I'm over here with that person and may not even be someone that I interact with. And then we did something else and then something, it seems like it cuts away, almost like a movie. What is a, what did, what, what are we doing? Are, are we actually telling a story in our dreams and we just can't remember it. It just seems like it's completely disjointed. So in the dream state, we fully understand the language. So we know what the things represent. We know that the cat scratching the wallpaper represents a problem with your digestive system or a cat chasing a mouse is about your immune system. You know, we know these things in the dream. And so mm -hmm. that's why they feel totally normal to us. Uh, and they seem crazy when we look at them afterwards because we don't understand the language. But when you understand the language, it makes perfect sense. Um, but so the dreams will set up a scenario and say, okay, here's like, like, here's this makeshift world. We've made this world up for you to be in for this moment in time. And this world is a message. So you're sitting in a kitchen. It's not your kitchen. It's a friend's kitchen, but they've, they've updated it and everything is new or whatever. And there's a message in there saying, you know, for instance, you need to do something to look after your health. And we're thinking, hey, I don't really have that problem. I don't want to do it. And we we spoil the message of the dream. So frequently we spoil the message of the dream. And then it cuts away to another segment that is basically saying the same thing using different okay. symbols. Okay, that makes or, sense. But it'll give a slightly different angle on it. It'll say, okay, let, well, okay, I've heard your response. Let's go back to uh, the trigger for all this, the trigger for why you have this. So for instance, if you overeat, if you whatever, the dream will go back to like, this is the cause of this. And, and so it'll change the scenario, but it's still about the same thing. Sometimes dreams that are disjointed may be about different things when they, when they jump, but usually it's the same thing. Usually, in fact, all your dreams in the one night are frequently about the same thing. Okay. So now that we have our dreams, we, we wake up. How do we interpret dreams? So if someone's hearing this for the first time, because even I'm hearing actually this for the first time, you know, uh, I've heard the other things about dreams, but recognizing that certain things have symbols, and I actually download it. You have a dictionary of all these symbols, which I highly recommend people go to your website uh, and to uh, and find that uh, and download it because it. I, I, then we, I'm thinking, I'm going to try to recall my dreams, and I'm going to write down every single little object or something that's happening. Is that how we would go about interpreting our dreams? Or what do you suggest? So when I started writing my book uh, originally, um, I didn't like dictionaries because there are so many bad dictionaries out there. And anybody can override the particular meaning of a symbol. So Paris, for instance, could be about love. And, and, and typically, you know, a lot of people would think about Paris that way. But if you've been to Paris and you had the most miserable time of your life, it's not going to mean that for you. Um, right. And same with any symbol, you can override the meaning of a symbol. So dictionaries can be wrong. Um, you know, like I said, there are universal or archetypal meanings, 
And that's what a symbol will mean unless you override it. Now, you can override it by reading a, a terrible dictionary, one that says, hey, um, a rabbit means this in a dream. Then, then eventually your dreams will switch to using those symbols. But let's assume you don't do that. Uh, get your hands on something that is uh, to the core of what dreams are about uh, without trying to just make stuff up. And so everything in my dictionary comes from dreams that I've interpreted for people. And so I will, I will say, okay, a car can mean it can be about your body. It can be about striving for goals because we we use a car to get to where we need to go, and so therefore can represent the ability to achieve your goals. Um, or it can be about your body. If there's a problem with the car, if it's physical, if there's physical problems in the dream, like if there's a problem with a wall crumbling or a problem with a car falling apart, then it's it's about physical aspects of you. So it's going to be about your body, and not about necessarily about a problem you have now. It's just warnings. A lot of dreams are warnings. Say, hey, look, you need to watch this. Um, and you need to change this. And, and they'll be relentless. They're never going to give up uh, until you change. But yeah, so download my free dictionary. That's a really good thing. I have free tutorials on my website too. I have a radio show that I do every week and there's lots of lots of uh, archives on that uh, of that on YouTube and uh, on my own website. So there's a lot you can get, a lot you can do um, without having to spend a dime. Um, mm. And and. Get an interest in, in your own dreams. Uh, that's really a good thing. What what tends to happen, though, when you start looking at your dreams and you realize what your dreams are asking you to do, you will see in your own dreams you usually reject the message. But when you start looking at your dreams, you will see they change and you stop rejecting it and you start accepting, okay, you're asking me to do this. I'm going to start doing it. And that's really the goal. That's what you want to get to, the point of um of accepting what your life is about, accepting what your limiting beliefs are, working on healing those limiting beliefs um, and rather than just blaming whoever gave them to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then working on developing yourself, uh, discovering what your spiritual gifts are. Everybody has a gift. Everybody has at least one gift. Many people have more than one gift. And our dreams will give us hints our, to that? They won't just hint. They will say, these are your gifts. These how they work together. And, and here's why you're to use them. These are the type of people you're going to really? help with these gifts. And, uh, and they're super important, but we, so we have, um, you know, there's karma. We, we have obligations, uh, that we uh, agreed to before coming here. So we said, okay, I'm going to, in my case, I'm going to develop my dream interpretation ability and I'm going to help people with that. Um, now if by helping those people, I am repaying karmic debts that I owe them from various different former lives or whatever it is. Um, but it's, uh, there are obligations that we're meant to meet. And if we don't meet them, when we pass over the next time and have our life review, uh, we're going to realize all the things that we didn't do, all the people we said we would work with and help uh, that we didn't help, and we're going to pick up that karma again. Karma is not imposed on you. Karma is where you say, I feel like I've wronged you so much, I'm going to help you, and I promise to help you. In my next lifetime, I'm going to, I'm going to do this, and I'm really going to help you. And then I get to the end and go, oh, I've done it again. Mm. but in that space like in that life review space we understand the impact of of all our actions how it felt to the person we affected and not just how it affected them but the ripple out effect of our impact on them to everybody else in their lives and it's with that full understanding of how it feels to everybody that we've affected Mm. uh, whether we intended it or not um that's when we decide we owe a debt and so using our gifts is quite often how we decide we're going to help people. I mean, why not? Yeah. It makes perfect sense. For sure. 
Yeah. I'm curious, as you're, you were coming onto your own path and using dreams to figure that out, and just like you said, you know, you, ha- you have this gift and you, you want to be able to help people interpret their dreams. I'm curious, how did that come to you over time? Did you, did you remember having the same sort of dreams over and over again, and finally someone pointed them out to you that this is your gift? Uh, no, it was quite early on. When I was attending the classes I attended, I, I dreamt that I had the person who was teaching the class, George Radigan, I dreamt that I had his book in my hand. I was reading his book and he didn't have a book. Um, so the interpretation of that is that I have a dream interpretation ability in my hands and uh, because the book was about dream interpretation. So um, it, I knew it was part of my life journey from that. And it, But it still took people to push me and trick me into teaching my first class because I didn't want to do it. And and so my wife at the time and my sisters, they set up a whole class uh, so I had a class full of students that I knew nothing about. And they told me the night before and said, hey, on Thursday, you're teaching a class. <laughs> and it was like, so I was dropped into it. It worked really well. And I really enjoyed it. And uh, and I've just done it ever since. But, you know, so we don't always like the idea of what we're meant to do. But when we do step into it, we definitely will like it. Mm. That, yeah, that's so powerful because I think so many people are trying to find their path or looking for a way to get on their path. And I honestly, I don't think I've ever thought of dreams as a way to point um, in that direction. Always point out your path. That's the whole purpose is, is to get you back onto your path uh, if you're if you're out of alignment on it. And and they hold no punches. They tell you how it is. It's like um, it's like that really close friend who gives themselves permission to tell you off you know, and and you wish she didn't, um, your dreams do that. So they're going to say, look, you can improve your life if you just did this. And they, but they're going to say it over and over and over again. But it's your choice to do the thing, to follow your dreams right. and enrich your life or or not to. And the other thing is dreams focus on the most important step you need to take. So if you say, well, I want to be an astronaut, your dream is going to say, well, yeah, okay. But what you need to work on is this now. Um, you know, it, there's no point aiming at the astronaut level until you do these 15 other steps but they don't say these are the 15 steps your dream will say this is the step this is what you need to work on and nothing else and so you work on that and then they'll say okay now you need to work on this and now you need to work on this and it's it's really important and the way i jokingly compare it is it's like if somebody's holding a gun to your head there's no point you thinking about what you're going to cook for dinner you need (laughs) you need to dodge the bullet and your dream is going to, always going to tell you how to dodge the bullet or how to how to do the most important thing in your life right now, whether you think it's the important thing or not. And so they will even tell you to get out of relationships, married or mm. not. They, they don't. Okay. There isn't. Uh, if something isn't good for your growth, your dreams will tell you and they will tell you to move. But people get into fur lined ruts. They, they like where they are and they don't like change. And mm. dreams are quite often about change. Mm. And I love what you said Um in the beginning, you said that this is a dialogue. So for example, if I wanted some movement or clarity around something, can I, before I go to bed, ask the question, say, I would like to dream about my answer tonight, or how would we yes, do that? You can do that. So, uh, it's good to get into a meditative state and then ask it. Um, okay. And it may not come that night because your dreams will always focus on the weakest aspect of your functioning, whatever needs the most attention. Oh, really? But you can override it if you do what you just said. But it may not happen that night, but it, <clears throat> it'll generally happen within three three nights, uh, thereabouts. And so you'll get the answer. It's like your higher self says, oh, 
right? You're not going to give up. Better give you the answer. <laughs> I'll just give you the answer already. It's like you're 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 taking the 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 slip of paper and you're moving it up the pile. Yeah, <laughs> it eventually right. gets to the top. <laughs> so okay, so that's one way. So get into a meditative state. So maybe just do some deep breathing and quiet your mind before you go yep. to bed and ask the yep. question. Yeah. I'd like to know this answer tonight. What What are some other things you can do to be in dialogue with your higher self be, to get the um, answers you want in your dreams? So. A lot of people try to get lucid in their dreams. That's where you become aware that you're in uh -huh. a dream. There are several different states of lucidity. Um, in early stages of it, you just know you're in a dream, but you don't realize you can change anything in the dream. Um, and that's probably one of the better states to get into. Um, that and the next one where you realize you can change things. Because then you can turn a nightmare into something that isn't a nightmare. So if you're something you're afraid of, you're being chased by somebody, you can turn around and um, and face your foe in the dream. And usually what you find is they turn into somebody peaceful, somebody that you know, um, and they'd be like, oh, we went to school together. I didn't realize it was you. And and you've overcome the fear. And that's the whole point of the dream is to say, look, this thing that you're running away from, you need to face it. You need to do something about it. Anything behind you in a dream is the past. Anything in front of you is the future. So somebody chasing you is about you trying to avoid something from the past. And mm. that's almost always going to be the case. But there are techniques and I have it. So if you download my newsletter, you also or sorry, download my dictionary, free dictionary, you will also start getting my newsletter. And that has tips in it for how to um, trigger dreams and how to remember them and, and so on. Okay, um, yeah. In nice, easy steps. But there are many things you can do um, to, to improve your recall and, and accelerate your growth. Mm, that's so amazing. So if we see loved ones in our dreams, are they coming as a visitation or are they a symbol of something we need to heal? They can be both. Uh, mm -hmm. so if you know the difference yeah so if your mom has passed over if there's dialogue then it's usually them actually physically well physically spirit, spiritually <laughs> present <laughs> yes um, and so probably you meet them on the astral plane uh, if you have the ability to channel then you can have more of those dreams because it's like hey look you can talk to your loved ones um, like channeling is the ability to communicate with spirits um, okay. and so uh, they can show up for that. One, you're a channel. Two, they, you did actually meet them and you're remembering that you met them. And then they can show up in a symbolic representation. So if your mom died and you're dreaming of your mom dying again and it's 12 years later, then that dream is symbolic and it's saying uh, there's something that you need to do to let the negative influence of mom pass. So there's something going on in your present life and you're avoiding it because mom wouldn't like this, for instance. Um even if your mom hasn't passed and you dream of her dying, uh, then the dream is, is still saying, imagine if your mom wasn't around, what would you do differently? And, and that's the point of it. And if the difference is, well, I'd move to, uh, to France and I would do this, then that's what you should do. Don't limit yourself based on what you think is going to please somebody else. Right. Okay. That makes sense. What are some, are there some general categories of dreams that people had? Like I've heard of people saying they have a flying dream yeah. uh, every night. I have other people who have said, you know, I'm always lost and I can't find my way home. Yeah. So they would so, be very common. Yeah. And so again, in the newsletter there, I, I list the 10 most common. And yeah, okay. so you have that one. Being lost is very common because we come here to find ourselves. So obviously the dream of being lost is like that fits in with the whole point of, of why we're on the earth plane and um you know so there's going to be other things though in the dream that tell you this is how you're going to find yourself mm. and what do you need to do um or why you're lost and so you can address it then you can address whatever it is makes you feel lost uh dreams of flying are about 
the ability to project your mind. So anybody who has flying dreams, they can do absent healing, they can do hypnosis, and they can also influence people with their mind. It's like they can they can project their mind onto somebody else's mind and uh, and help them in lots of other ways. They're very persuasive mm. people. Mm. Uh, people tend to listen to them. Um, other ones are teeth falling out. That would be in the oh. I have heard that one. Yes, yeah. I have heard that as well. And, so, and what is that? Represent? So that's uh, animals carry their young around with their teeth. Uh, and we are animals on the animal planet. We often forget that. So losing teeth can be about uh, you feeling like you wouldn't be a good mom or a good dad. Or it could be about you having difficulty with your teenage kids, which you're having. Um, but teeth can be other things too. Uh, usually in those dreams, if it's about the reproductive system, so you could have a physical problem or your dreams could be, you could just be thinking about having a kid because you're now finally found the partner that you're like, okay, this is, this could go this direction. And so now pop, it, it becomes part of your thought process. Um, mm. And and so it'll show up in your dreams. And, but it's really you questioning, am I cut out to be a parent? Like, do I have what it takes? And so it isn't necessarily anything negative, uh, mm-hmm. but in those dreams, you're usually looking at your teeth in the mirror because a mirror is also another reproductive device that reproduces you, an image of you. Okay. And so there's usually more than one symbol in the dream meaning the same thing. So that's that's the easiest way to find out what a dream is about. You have three symbols that all say this is about uh, having kids or reproduction. Um, so I know it's definitely about this. Mm-hmm. Um, but teeth are also like we take a bite at life. So teeth can also be about um, uh, feeling like you've you've taken uh, bitten off more than you can chew, for instance, and and uh, or you feel overwhelmed about things. So I've had people dream of their teeth falling out when they find out their kids are into drugs or they're hanging out with the wrong crowd. And, and they feel powerless. What can I do about that? And, and that, that losing the teeth fits that narrative. Right. Um, so a lot of the time, the person will be very aware of what the thing is that's triggered the dream once you say, hey, this is about kids. Mm. Uh, but uh, yeah, so there's, there are 10 very common dreams and about 60% of us have those dreams. Okay. Uh, you know, so which is quite a quite a high percentage to have the same thing. Taking exams is another good one, but it's a it's a it is actually a good one because if you're not allowed to take an exam until you, the powers that be have determined you're ready, mm. and so it's your higher self saying you are ready to move into the next phase to expand yourself in some way. But usually in these dreams, we feel unprepared. We feel like, oh well, I didn't study, and or or it's a math test, and I expected something else. Um, so it's just our response in those dreams is I don't feel ready, but it doesn't mm. matter if your higher self says you're ready, you're ready. Um, right. and, uh, you know, or probably the best way to look at it is, uh, be prepared. It's fine to say, maybe you're not ready, but, uh, whoever feels ready, you know, for every situation in life, but it's a very good in- endorsement from you to get your higher self to say, whatever it is you, you already know you're, you're planning is something you should do. Hmm. And what does that say that the majority of us have these same dreams over and over again? Well, they would be common themes. Like uh, we come here to find ourselves. So dreaming of being lost makes sense. Uh, Most Mm. of us want to have kids. So wondering if we're a good parent makes sense. Um, And, you know, you you just like, they're just themes that fit. And even the one about doing exams, there's always a time when we're ready to move into something new. So again, that would make sense to have that dream, but it's about something different each time. Um, so it's just, it just shows you how common the language is really that yeah. everybody has those similar dreams. And I interpret dreams from people from all over the world using all different languages. And the dream language is exactly the same for everybody, regardless of language. So that's, that's one of the amazing things about it is it's universality. Yeah. 
how do dreams relate to kids? Because, you know, what messages are they getting? You know, a lot of times kids have, or people will call them night terrors. What's yes. happening with children? So kids' dreams are a lot more horrific. I mean, a lot of adults have the idea that, you know, if you die in your dream, you're going to die in reality. But kids die in their dreams all the time, dream after dream after dream. Their dreams are absolutely horrific compared to adults' dreams. And why is that? Because they're coming to terms with their own mortality. So they've come from a place where they're immortal and mm. there's really no harm can happen to you. And then you're in the body and your parents are saying, don't touch the flame. You're going to burn yourself. Don't walk out in front of traffic. Don't do this. Don't. And so the fears and all the things that the limitations that we put on them show up in our dreams, in their dreams. But the fact that they can get hurt for the first time, that they can actually get hurt, mm -hmm. um, shows up. Uh, so it, it fits with how we raise them. Uh, it fits with us um, like chastising them for things that we rightfully know we need to protect them from. Like you, you can't run after the ball when it goes out on the road um, mm. and all those things. So that they all show up because they have to integrate that. Yeah. So we can, can we help our children get on their path by having these discussions with them about what their dreams are about? You can, but you're going to, unless you know the language, you're going to be worried about your kids. You're going to be thinking, what's, right. wrong? what's wrong with John? He's having all these horrible dreams and, and night terrors and so on. They're also very more, much more aware of the spirit world. A lot of kids can still see dreams uh, yes. until about the age of seven. Everybody can see them until they teeth. And so it, it's like, if it is going to go against your belief system, then it does, it's not going to help you to ask your kids what their dreams are because then you're like, there's no such thing as spirits. Don't worry about it, honey. And and that would be a terribly damaging thing to say to a child. Mm. Um, so to ex let them have their dreams, let them explain them. And if you can, if you do know what life is like from a spiritual perspective, as much as you can, encourage them to keep that. So a child... That is never discouraged, for instance, from talking to spirits will be one of the best channels uh, that you can find. Whereas mm -hmm. a child who is told, you know, there's no such thing as imaginary friends. Don't talk to Aunt May about that because, you know, it's, you're going to get us all laughed at. And, and so we tend to knock these things out of our kids rather than encourage them. Mm. But night terrors is a, is a good one. Um, we tend to go to a level of the astral plane that matches our uh, mood. So if, if you go to sleep afraid, then we can go to a part of the astral plane where there's lots of negative entities, negative things happening, and we can have lots of nightmares and dreams of fighting people off. And so right. a good way to help a child through that is um, be very loving towards them before they go to sleep. Um, and then when they're asleep, whisper to them uh, that you love them and that everything's good. And if anything happens in your dreams, just ask an angel to help you or whatever you know is going to help that child mm -hmm. because their belief system is much stronger than ours. So if you say, uh, for instance, Santa Claus is real, they will believe it. If you say an angel can help you when you're having your night terror, they will believe you. And it's the belief system is more important than anything else um, in terms of something having power. And that mm -hmm. really does work. Do children uh, receive uh, messages in their dreams about what they should be doing in life? Do we start receiving Usually, those early or no, only when we no, we concerned don't, about it? We don't get them. We, I mean, you can, but we tend to get the, like our initial dreams, like we'll say, live life. You know, you're messed up by your parents. Yeah, yeah, we know. Go out and live life. Uh, see, like, ride that bike for a while. See how it goes. And then when you realize that it goes nowhere, that, you know, you've lots of limitations, then come back and start working on yourself. So dreams will frequently tell you to live life. 
including with your limitations. And then uh, when you get to about 25, 26, they'll, by that stage, they're usually really pushing you to start working on yourself and removing the limitations. Um, okay. Not that they don't, they don't say that earlier on, and for some people they will, uh, but it's generally like it's not so important. We need to realize things are a limitation before we fix that limitation. Otherwise, we don't realize it at all. Mm-hmm. It's so fascinating. So dreams are really spiritual experiences we're having. Totally. I mean, they're they're from your higher self to your soul, uh, from one part of your spirit to another part. Um, and it's really from that perspective. And they're reminding you that your life is a spiritual journey. It's nothing else. Mm. It's only a spiritual journey. Uh, mm. And what you learn about yourself is really important. And dreams will encourage you to be who you are. So if you're an obnoxious, vindictive person, you will be told, well, this is who you are. Uh, so meditating to hide that aspect of you is not a good thing. Working on yourself to eliminate it, that's a good thing. Um, mm. But but be who you are uh, because your children and everybody else around you, especially your children, they need you to be who you are. They picked you for all the reasons, for all the, all the traits that you have, good and bad. Uh, so like when you look back at your life, when you work on yourself, the things that you will have blamed your parents for will be things that you will say, I have grown because of those things. And that's mm-hmm. what the choice is. Do you want to grow or do you want to hold on to the problem? Because these are problems you already had on the spirit plane. You're already shy. You already lacked confidence. You already, whatever it is, you already felt worthless. And so you come into this lifetime, you pick parents that are going to do things that make you make you able to transfer that feeling onto this plane. And it's easy to do because it's already your natural leaning. But you come in with a blank slate, so you pick parents in society that and things that happen that are going to make you feel worthless. But the difference here is then you can get tra- you can get help. Uh, you can work on that issue and and get rid of that feeling of worthlessness. And then it's gone. It's gone from every plane, not just this plane. And you don't come back and continue to relive it. No, you don't because it's gone. And and you know it's, it's like the earth is is almost like a hospital in a sense because we come here to heal. Mm, and people oh, just good. want it to be an ex- a, a, an idyllic. Uh, experience, but it's not. We come here to work on our problems. Uh, and then, of course, when we've worked on our problems, we are going to use our gifts to help other people. Um, so you can make it idyllic, um, but really it's the spiritual journey that matters. What growth are you going to get out of your life? And if you're going to get nothing, well, then you may as well die young. Uh, if you're going to keep working on yourself, even if it's small little bits, then We'll let you live to 96. As long as you keep growing and keep working on yourself, then your life has a spiritual benefit. But if Mm. it it gets to the point of having no spiritual benefit, you have created lots of avenues for you to leave at various different times in your life. Mm. Um, So we have different off ramps or different exit ramps. Lots of exit ramps, lots of exit ramps. And, uh, you know, we can take any we want. Now, usually we don't because there are lots of opportunities. And there's always, almost always opportunities to grow, um, mm. you know. So it's kind of funny. Like, here's the thing. Um, there's lots of exit ramps, but there's only one on-ramp. The only way into the spirit world is through a woman's body. And one of the things that society does is not respect uh, the the whole idea that a woman is the doorway between the spirit world and the physical world. And, Ooh, that's good. And we, we will uh, admonish single mothers, we will uh, say they don't need help. Like you look at the current administration uh, in America, I know you're in Canada, trying to knock three and a half billion off WIC. And, you know, it's crazy. The spirit, it, like we have it completely backwards or a lot of people have it backwards on this plane. Um, yes. And and even 
the derogatory terms that people will use for other people are sexual terms when mm. yet that is part of the doorway from the spirit world to this world. So, you know, it's all changing now and people are becoming aware and, and people are stepping into their power. Uh, and I, I think our perspective on so many things is going to change. Mm, I love that. And I, I love your point about uh, women are really the portal to to this world because uh, I'm writing a book right now for women and I that you're hitting right on the head what I believe is that women are the original channel of life, right? It this is the this is the entrance, you yeah, know. Yeah, the and uh yeah, it's it's so amazing. Uh one of the things I noticed in the um just looking at your dictionary and the different symbols, uh, uh, there were a lot of things around health problems, and it seems to be in particular around digestive stuff. Yeah. And I was just curious if there's, is there some some relationship there, or I don't, I would just happen to be noticing, but uh, you know, maybe it wasn't something that was specifically. A lot of people have digestive issues, or so it really depends. Um, when you start working on yourself. Your dream, you'll find that your dreams tell you about everything. They say, hey, you've got this ability, you've got these this belief system you need to kill, and you have these foods that you eat that your body isn't able to handle. And so your dreams will try to fix every aspect, including relationships. So uh, they'll say, if you keep eating this food, you know, it's eventually going to lead to this problem. So stop eating this food. When we eat foods that our body can't handle, and it's different for everybody, the different foods for everybody, um, an awful lot of your energy is spent on trying to contain the damage that that food is doing to you. Um, and it, it's really not about what you eat. It's what you can eliminate from your system. So mm. that's really the thing. I could, if, if, if my body could process stuff really fast and anything that I, I eat that's bad for me is gone within uh, an hour or two, then it's not really so bad. But people with sluggish digestive systems, the food that they eat that the body can't handle is still in their body five days later. And so it's really, really bad for them. So dreams will definitely work on digestive system issues. But the biggest issue that dreams tend to focus on, like if you were to say what's more common, it's heart-related issues. But okay. here's a funny thing about Western society. Uh, we are afraid of cancers. Um, but most people are not afraid of a heart attack, um, yeah. even though heart-related illness kills 51% of people in the West. And so it's the big killer. And so our dreams, so many people's dreams... Um, like there's no such thing as a sudden heart attack as far as a dream is concerned. You will be warned about that heart attack for 20 years in advance. They will really? Be saying, Here's where this is. This is what this is leading to. This is the problem. You built this wall up around yourself at age three because you didn't feel loved. And your idea is that if I keep people at a distance, I won't get hurt again. I won't get rejected if I don't get let people get close enough to reject me. And, mm. and the dream is saying you need to fix this because it's going to lead to these problems. Um, and so, and will, it's, will the dream say it will be a heart problem or is yes. it just saying you're having all these problems? So no, how it, will that show up? Uh, so anything, symbols of fire um, represent oh, really? heart. So a fireplace, well, even like that's often called the heart in, uh, in reality. Right. But, yeah. So anything connected to the fireplace. So if there's a crack in the fireplace, that's a really bad dream. Most of the time, so for many years, it's going to be about emotional stuff. It's going to be saying you need to open yourself up, uh, work on your emotions, work on and, and not keeping people at a distance, work on loving yourself, working on letting people love you. And, and the two-way street, that is that. Um, so your heart needs give and take for balance. It's, it's a balanced chakra. That's the only mm. one. And so we need that give and take in the heart. Um, and if you're not doing it, your dream will say, this is what you need to do. And then it eventually becomes, okay, you're heading towards now physical problems. And like I said, that'll be, you'll see cracks in the fireplace. You'll see the chimney uh, with physical problems. Um, and 
and that's the warning. But even in those dreams, um, it's still saying to you, you have time. So for instance, stroke shows up in a dream where you have symbols of the heart, like a wall is one of the most common symbols for the heart. And that's because we have this wall around our heart to protect ourselves, right. to keep people at a distance. And so if we see a symbol for a wall and we see somebody banging their head against the wall, then that's about stroke. Or if we see uh, the roof on fire, because the fire symbol is uh, the heart and damage to the roof, that's the top part of the body because it's not, we know it's physical because it's physical damage, so physical top part of you is your head. So again, it's another symbol for stroke. Um, and so you can avoid those. Um, and you'll see them disappear from your dreams when you take the steps that your dreams say you need to do. Those dreams that warn you disappear. And that's how you know that you've done the right thing. You stop dreaming okay. about it. You stop dreaming about it. Interesting. I'm curious about people. Um, we're talking about, you know, spiritual growth. If you basically say you don't have any spiritual growth left, you know, people will exit. But, uh, you know, I no, that's think not about always it. true. So no. like, you could be helping other people uh, and and that will be fine as well. But we have to keep some element of karma to keep us here, to bind us to the earth plane. Um, so it's not like it just because you're here doesn't mean you, you there's something you have to work on. Um, but it's it's fair to generalize and say our life is about growth and if you're not going to grow you may as well not be here and at some point your your higher self will pull the plug i was going to say are you then energetically saying you know people who don't want to grow or resistant because they're scared to grow that i like you said the higher self pulls the plug they recognize oh this person isn't doing doing anything here yeah but but quite often like if even if you're not going to grow and you're going to live in misery then your higher self can say, okay, well, let's, we'll do 20 years worth of misery. And then in the life review, you can see how, look, here's what you could have done. And that would have all been different. Did it work out for you punishing yourself like that? And, okay. and so you can still have the growth when you transition. So it's not just about growth here. It's like the bigger picture, what's going to work. And it could be a life this time where you refuse to do something and say, okay, well, if you do that for 60 years this time around in the next lifetime, uh, you're more likely going to go, wait a second, there's something tells me if I do this, this is just going to never work. So I, I'm going to take the message this time. So it, it's mm. our higher self looks at it from the long haul, the, the, the long picture. The bigger picture. Yeah. You mentioned life review. Is that something that does happen when you pass that people oh, yeah. actually, is it For like sure. a little classroom? Your highest self is going, oh, look, you did this at this point, And this is what that meant. It, does not, every make, everything make sense then? <laughs> it, it totally makes sense then, but it's not like a classroom. It's not like, do you understand? Um, because the brain, the brain is here as an agent to help us achieve what our heart asks us to do. So mm. the life review is all about the heart. And so you're going to have the experience of, if you shoot somebody, say you're, you're a criminal or you're a thug, whatever it is, and you shoot somebody and kill them, then in your life review, you're going to feel how that person felt when you took their life. And you're going to really? feel how their children felt when their father was taken. Or you're, and, and it ripples out all the way, how their mother felt, et cetera, et cetera. The long, long ripple out of the feelings and very amplified so that you really get this. So you will fully understand what taking that life meant and how it felt. Um, not from your perspective, from everybody's perspective who got affected by your action. And it's in those moments that we decide, oh, I owe a debt because now we fully get it. We totally get what we did and why it was wrong and how it hurt and, and all those things. And that's when we pick up karma. So there's no law saying you must repay karmic debts. If we could forgive ourselves for everything we do, then we wouldn't have to, there would be no karma. But it's so hard to do that. No matter what you think, forgiveness is, is almost elusive in the human state. 
and in the spiritual state. Um, but you know, if we can forgive ourselves, then we're going to accelerate our growth uh, enormously. So what is karmic debt? So it's the stuff that we did here on earth that we then you say we have to repay in future lives. We've so decided we, we will. We decided we will. So it's like if 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 uh, if you kill somebody in a former life, you can agree to to be their parent in a future life and say, okay, I took your life in one life. I'll bring you back. Uh, I'll I'll be the doorway for you another, another time. But you'll never get on with that child. <laughs> like they they will have that awareness when they come in, and that'll be the problem. Child, it's like they've never liked me. Why do oh. they never like? And and they don't so even know why. But they they know when they come in because they're very spiritually aware. They know, oh, you're the person that killed me, and uh, oh. and so then you. But the point is, you have to overcome this. They have to overcome the the resentment they harbor for that and you have to overcome the fact that you did it and and so the emotions are important in the relationship um you know because because they're real right yeah that's fascinating that's fascinating connection it feels very complicated <laughs> <laughs> very deep yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that, that's it's it's tremendous but we also do the other things like so if you and i really get on and, we, and we've had several lifetimes where we've got on uh swimmingly then um we can agree to intersect each other's lives uh, over and over because it's like every time uh, I meet Dana, she's going to help and say something to me that um, that I just take on. I go, I don't know why. I just believe this person and, and I'm going to mm. do what she said. And it only took me one counseling session with her and, you know, it's amazing. Or I read your book and it's like, I really get this. This just works for me. And it's because we already have that positive rapport. Yes. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. So we really uh, travel. I've heard this before. We tra- do we travel in soul packs? We do. People that we, we know. Yeah, they've yeah. tried it, but they're very big soul packs. They're and, big. And they've tried it where it's just like, you know, different different players on the stage every time. And it doesn't work as well because we have, uh, we can take advantage of existing energetic connections. And so that's what we do with the soul packs. And, and so we will move around. We will play different roles. I'll be the mom one time. I'll be the dad. I'll be the child. I'll be, and And the idea of that is, that it kind of evens out in the wash that we don't end up with a biased view of things um, because we've, we've looked at life from every perspective. That every perspective. Wow. That's amazing. So ultimately then how uh, you, you've probably answered this, but I just hear your answer around how do we use our dreams then to fulfill our authentic journey? So how are they linked to our authentic journey? So your dreams are going to tell you what your gifts are and like they're the, they're probably the most important aspect of dreams. They, they tell you, here's what you need to develop and here's what you're going to use. Uh, and spirituality is not altruistic. If I'm helping you in some way, I'm getting something out of it too. Mm-hmm. And so by me having to develop my uh, dream interpretation skill, I had to overcome my difficulty with public speaking, being on the stage, fear of falling flat in my face, all those things. And so I grow in the process too. And also another really positive for me was I had lots of dreams about stroke, for instance. And by working on dream interpretation, because it works through female energy, getting in touch with the energy I needed to in order to be able to interpret dreams helped heal the imbalance in my heart that was causing me to have dreams about stroke. So I haven't had a dream about stroke in, I don't know, 20 years. So Were some, you dreaming about walls? I was dreaming about people damaging their heads and like people oh, really? in, in boxing matches and, and knockouts. And, oh, really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I had all of them. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. That is amazing. But so your dreams will tell you, this is your life purpose. But the beautiful thing is they show you that you're not forgotten. So like you, people tend to look and go, well, you don't know what my childhood was. You don't know what my pain is. And your dreams say, 
I do know what your pain is. This is your pain. This is where it comes from. This is who it comes from. This is the age it happened at. And this is the age it happened at again. And this is something that you need to grow through. And here's how you're going to do that growth. And then here's how you're going to help other people because of that trauma that you picked up. Here's what it awakened in you. You have this amazing counseling ability, for instance, and you get people, you see them. And it's only because of what happened to you. So this is the gift that came with that trauma. And, and so they're amazing in that way that they, they make you realize I am being watched and helped throughout my life, even if it's not necessarily in the ways I, I was asking for. Right. That mm, you're always having guidance. Absolutely. Yeah. So your dreams only come to you for three reasons, to heal you, to guide you, or to show you how you are. Wow. Okay. So reflecting back how you are currently or. Yeah. Yeah. So like you might think, well, I'm wide open and you'll have it. You know, I listen to everybody. I'm very accepting. And you'll have a dream that says, no, you're not. <laughs> so it's like, this is how you are. <laughs> I what you think, Superman. <laughs> yeah. I, I think now I'm going to be really thinking, how do I remember, uh, you know, I'll get your newsletter now and I'll be paying a lot more closely attention to how do I figure this out? Cause it feels like I haven't had dreams in a while, but I'm sure obviously I have. I just can't. Yeah. I can't really recall them. That's so. all it is. People who burn, and now I'm interested in recalling them. So People who burn the candle at both ends, if you have too much on your plate, they also don't remember their dreams as easily because you're... Oh, uh, well, there's a message. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're not giving Thanks, yourself Michael. enough sleep. <laughs> <laughs> there's some truth in that. Yeah. I, I was he hearing a few messages along our way here for, in our conversation. Um, you know, this has been a fascinating conversation. Is there anything else you want us to know about dreams that we haven't covered that might be really helpful for someone to hear? Well, I, you know, there are four rules to dream interpretation. And the first one is that everything in a dream is, represents an aspect of you. And so it's very interesting to look at your dream and say, okay, what could that woman mean? So if you dream of, I dream of a fortune teller, then it means you have the ability to tell fortunes. Uh, if I dream of somebody who won't listen to anybody, then that dream says you have that trait. And not necessarily in every way, but in some area of your life that you should be aware of where you think you're listening, but, but the dream is saying, mm. look, you're not really. And so if you, you look at your dreams and try to break everything up and to say, okay, what aspect of me can it represent? Um, that alone can be uh, quite useful and quite practical. But mm. they come from your mind. So obviously they're, they're all about you. All about you. Yeah. Makes perfect sense. Um, I just have a few, I call them rapid soul questions to sure. end our conversation. <laughs> what have you learned about the power of being you? For anybody to step into their authentic self, what, what have you learned about that power? So I remember years ago thinking, uh, you know, I, like I said, I grew up in a very religious country, religious household, religious schools, and thinking um, Jesus, being enlightened and being in touch with your life path must be must be like being like Jesus. And... Um, then, of course, I turned away from all of that. But uh, what I've learned is the more you get into being you, it doesn't have to be that you, you're like Jesus, for instance, but it feels like I understand my part in the picture. I understand what it is I'm here for. And if you're here to uh, counsel people or you're, you're a spiritual leader or you're a writer or you're a singer or a, you're a channel or a spiritual healer, it doesn't matter what it is. When you get into what it is you're meant to be doing, you end up with that same connection where you feel you're in touch with the divine because you are displaying and exhibiting in front of other people what is a divine aspect of you. So whatever it is for you, move in that direction, you are going to feel part of the universe. You're going to really feel, this is why I'm here. And it just mm. feels fantastic. Mm. 
I love that. What has become abundantly clear to you? <laughs> that I have a very closed mind and, and uh, <laughs> they've had to chip away at it uh, over time. You know, there's so many things that I thought, well, that's not true. Uh, you know, I have an open mind and I know about, I know about spiritual stuff and you're an idiot. I'm not saying it to you because I'm being kind to you. And then a few years later, somebody will give me a dream that has that very thing in it. I'm like, oh, that was real. And uh, it's like, thank God uh -huh. I didn't say it out loud. And that's happened to me so many times that now I'm like, okay, I've got an open mind. Like one thing, for instance, I used to think was ridiculous was the whole idea of fairies, for instance. Like, why? Why would you go there? You don't have to go there. You're crazy. And now I'm like, okay, I accept it. I accept that there are many realms, there are many uh, beings, many types of beings, and fairies wow. do exist. And, you know, it's kind of funny with me being Irish. They are so much part of Irish folklore that uh, <laughs> I'm very aware of it. And, uh, you know, even, oh, even towns in Ireland are called after uh, fairy forts. I lived in Rathfarnham, and the Irish for fairy, uh, for, uh, fairy ring is Rath. And so I lived in Rathfarnham. I then moved to Cork, and I lived in Rathlurk. And so it's like, yeah. Uh, some cultures are very open to it, uh, but you can lose it within a hundred years, like Ireland. Um, now, not everybody has, but it's just yeah. So I've learned over time: open your mind, keep an open mind. Even if you don't believe something, don't knock it, um, mm. because uh, there's most likely a huge element of tr truth to it. Wow! And lastly, what does the world need most? <laughs> the world needs people to be selfish about following their spiritual path. Because if you were selfishly pursuing your spiritual path, you wouldn't be waging wars. You wouldn't be knocking other people over in your rush to become the CEO and be a, a billionaire. You would Spirituality interweaves, like your goals and spiritual gifts interweave with other people's goals and gifts, but not in a destructive way. And so if everybody was to, to follow that and, and rise up, uh, in terms of stepping into what their spiritual purpose is, their world would be such a better place because you'd be stepping into female energy. The connection with the spirit world is through the heart, through the divine, through feminine energy. And like you look at any world leaders, it's usually the men starting the wars. It's not the women. And there's just a lot more power in female energy um, in, in so many ways uh, in terms of people getting on. Female energy is all about being accepting, being open, listening, being nurturing, being compassionate. Compassion. I mean, that's something that the world doesn't really have. We tend to judge so fast, whereas compassion allows you to let people be as they are. And, you know, mm. they don't need to change. They, I accept them as they are. Um, so, uh, yeah, get into your spiritual stuff because uh, the world is changing. Female, we're in the female energy age now. It started now. It started in January. And uh, people are going to have to shift into it. So it really doesn't matter what I say. In a, in a year's time, people are, are, are going to be scrambling to, um, to, to develop whatever gifts they have because they will be much more aware of, of how it's needed. Wow. Will that be, I said that was the last question, but I'm just, what's coming to mind, what's coming to mind is COVID and you're saying the female energy started in January. Is there any sort of impact or, because it, it feels like this was supposed to be the year 2020, the clarity, the vision. Um, can you shed any yeah, light on so, that with respect to COVID and what's happening? So, yeah. So for things to change, the old structures have to go. And COVID is draining the money out of the American system. I mean, it's draining money in lots of places, but America is the dominant place in the world. Uh, has really lost its way in so many ways. Like you, the, the current administration is sowing so much division, uh, not just in America, and we can see it with all the protests everywhere, but around the world, like pulling out of the Paris Agreement, uh, 
killing the uh, Iran nuclear agreement, and then attacking other countries that are Western allies uh, who want to still try to salvage that. And, and so many other things, so many other things, like attacking NATO, which is like the Canadian, American, and European mm-hmm. alliance uh, that has kept us safe for so many years and, and attacking that. So the structures, the male structures are are being destroyed, but they're being destroyed from within. Um, and they're going to collapse, they're going to topple because it needs to topple for the female energy structures to replace them. And so we are moving into this idyllic place but it's not going to feel idyllic during the transition, uh, but it will after. Okay. And COVID is, sorry, yeah, COVID is part of that. So but yeah, COVID is um, actually, uh, and this is like, it's because of where I'm positioned and I know so many people who do so many different things. But if um, if you can open your heart chakra and it feel, to, to make it feel open, to let angels into your heart, and you will feel that at the back of your heart, heart chakra, at the back of your body. Um, that's a really strong protection from COVID um, because your angels can help heal you, but they can't help if you don't have an open heart. And so COVID is forcing people, anybody who's getting a spiritual healing about COVID, it's all been work on the heart chakra over and over and mm-hmm. over and over again. So that in itself helps. Um, but it is part of the picture for sure. Wow. Well, this has been a fascinating conversation. I have learned so much, and I think this is really going to resonate with listeners. And I think people will be rushing to you to you um, to find your your symbols and your dictionary. <laughs> if people if people want to connect with you, what is the best way to do that? Through your website? Through the website, download the dictionary. It puts you on my newsletter list, and it gives you all the details about my radio shows. And I, I interpret people. So people email me dreams every week, and I interpret them for free on the radio show. Okay. So send, send your dream in. Make it interesting. <laughs> and and your website is dream-analysis.com? Yeah. So everything's there. Dream-analysis.com, all the past archives, uh, the tutorials, the dictionary, and so on and so on. Wow. Awesome. Well, this has been so awesome. Thank you so much for your time, Michael. I really, really enjoyed it. Thanks for having me. I absolutely loved it. That was such a great conversation. If you loved it too, subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode. Please go to iTunes to rate and review this podcast. And if you want to continue the conversation, connect with Soul Sister Conversations on the Facebook and Instagram pages. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook at Dana Lloyd Leadership, on Twitter at Coach Dana underscore Lloyd, and of course on LinkedIn. See you next week.